Lovewell Creative, in partnership with Crosswalk Church, presents the Sacred Echo Podcast. In this podcast, we'll hear from the teaching team from Crosswalk Church about the upcoming sermon series, sermons, how they process, about faith, life, love, and friendship as well. For more information on Crosswalk Church, go to www.crosswalkvillage.com. All right, welcome in, everybody. <laughs> Dave has the bluest cup I've ever seen. It's just so blue. Um, it's aqua color. Anyway, like, hey, welcome in. <laughs> welcome in, everybody. This is the Sacred Echo Podcast, which feels anything but sacred today. Um, <laughs> I'm here with Dave. Um, <laughs> Dave. <laughs> Go with Ferguson. Hmm. I'm going to go with Ferguson. I almost actually said another name. I'm here with Dave Ferguson, who's drinking from an aqua cup, and Patty McCoy, who's wearing a hat with a P on it. Um, For Portland, not not for Patty or Pastor, (laughs) but it works for all of those. Or the Pittsburgh Pirates. That's what I actually No, 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 Dave, no. We're we're Cincinnati Red fans here, so that means Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh and us, we've got a I don't think that's the royal we, first of all. But yeah. and, and we also have another guest, so maybe let me introduce the guest, Patty. Um, okay. And only Patty would think the P was for him anyway. Um, and so, so we also have um, our newest pastor here at Redlands, John Ciccarelli, our discipleship pastor. John, how are you doing? Hey, doing good, doing good, man. Enjoying the laughs already. And uh, Dodgers, actually, Patty, not not Cincinnati Reds. No, no. It's okay. It's okay. You can be wrong. It's fine. <laughs> We we accept different views here, and some of those Pat, views are wrong. Patty, you can't even spell Cincinnati. Just it's the truth. Nobody can spell Cincinnati. It's you can't place. Yeah, you can't put it on a map. So spell it. <laughs> geography. Like we both come from the American those, school system. Those are different things. Hmm. Listen, I I shouldn't have to know what's in the middle of the country. That's what I understood. That's how we oh. were taught growing up. Oh, oh, oh. That's that's the California school system that's, curriculum. There's something out there. We're not sure what it is. Speaking um, of diversity. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. So um listen, we thought we'd bring um John on today. We thought we'd bring John on so that he could um tell us a little bit about about what he believes discipleship to be. Because one of the reasons we hired him was, you know, you're looking for a discipleship pastor and you ask people what discipleship is, and and that's a that's a dicey situation, I'll just say. Um, because everybody's got a different idea. And um as as John and I talked, um, I really this is someone who's thought about it a lot. Um, and so John, um, first of all, welcome. Thanks for coming here and being a part of what we're doing. And second of all, um, tell us a little bit about discipleship, what you believe it to be and what you're hoping to see, um, what you're hoping to see through this ministry here for Crosswalk Redlands, but as well as Crosswalk Global and how we can cascade this to our other campuses. Yeah, no, thanks. Um, well, personally, I think that following Jesus is the greatest opportunity uh, humanity has. And um, I think that um, being a disciple of Jesus is, is basically saying, I want, to, I want to learn from Jesus. I want to learn by being with Jesus. Um, Jesus, while there's a lot to learn about Jesus, there's even more to learn from Jesus, you know, personally. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there's different ways that we go about doing that. You know, we can do a deep dive 
into all of that um, about ways that we can place ourselves in a position to be able to listen to Jesus well, uh, to pay attention to Jesus in our daily life. Um, I think it's it's kind of like you know when Jesus said, uh, "The Father is always working." You get a great sense in the Gospels that Jesus paid very close very close attention to what the Father was up to every second of his life. And uh, there were moments when Jesus withdrew to lonely places uh, to have conversations with his Father, and then there were moments where you know he was he was sharing with the disciples uh, what he had um, experienced with the Father. And then there were moments where he was doing things that the father was up to that the disciples were, they couldn't figure out, you know, going out of his way to minister to one person, you know, people that were outsiders, et cetera. Um, so I think that we, especially, you know, I've grown up Adventist and I love my heritage. Um, and at the same time, I think Adventism, I'll just say it out loud, in my opinion, has been very cute, uh, confused about discipleship. Mm-hmm. Um, that it is often more discipleship is, is equal to membership. And, uh, you know, we all know we can be a member in any denomination and not be a follower of Jesus. Um, right. in fact, I would suggest that some Christians believe discipleship is optional. Um, and, uh, I, uh, I like, uh, I, I probably quote Dallas Willard to a fault. Um, oh, but, you, uh, you quote him a lot. Yeah. To a fault. Just a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he and, he wrote some books and said some things. So. Yeah, right. Right. Well, I like okay. the way I like the way Dave or uh, not Dave. Sorry, Dave. I'm I'm weirdly focused on you today. I like the way John quotes Willis, Willard though, because he goes, he'll go like, "Well, when I was sitting in his front room, and he said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a different kind of quote, right? Last yeah, quote, like, mm, I read the book, and this is what a quote. I googled yeah, the yeah. quote, and John's like, "Well, when he was when he was softly running his hands through my hair. No, I don't think you're <laughs> right. saying." <laughs> I told him to so stop. So it's a little more like name dropping, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit, but no, what did he say, John? We are interested in hearing. Yeah. No, I, well, now I forgot. No, um, no, I, I think though, well, I'll tell you two things that, uh, so he said, <laughs> there were the balloons. How did I do that? You got them too. <laughs> it's a sign of the chosen, Tim. Those who are chosen. Many are called, so. but few are chosen. <laughs> Oh man. Um <laughs> uh so let me see. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Um <laughs> Okay, so we've got to just stop right here and explain what's happening. For some time now, Patty and uh, I have sat aghast as to different hand motions Tim makes on screen, fires off some graphic development. For instance, when he makes a peace sign, balloons start floating up <laughs> across his screen. Or like in a Zoom meeting yesterday, at one point, a thumbs down thought bubble appeared on his screen. And well, now... He was talking. That's maybe the Well, that why. is, there was that at the same time. But apparently now, John, you... I don't say, why do you have this too? And it's, Patty and I don't rate for this. I'm not sure why not. I have no idea. John, I've, the, never, I've never seen it happen to me before. John, give a thumbs up. <laughs> Just hold your thumb thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Oh, you got it. You got, it. got it. Unbelievable. Okay. Yeah. okay. But when wow. I do the peace sign, it doesn't So do as the, our well, good friend Dallas Willard says. Well, there, yeah, there, as there, Dallas there. was saying, <laughs> as he was, as as he was, was serving us. A very nice aperitif in his front room. Yeah. What? <laughs> well, first of all, he says 
he, I love this. He says, there's too many vampire Christians in the world, you know? And mm. what he means by that is that people who just want him for his blood, people who just want Jesus for his blood. Mm. And that discipleship huh. is more than forgiveness. Yeah. You know, it's like, yes, we're forgiven. And he says, come follow me. You know, yeah. let's learn to, li I mean, the only one that, that can really teach us how to live in the kingdom now is Jesus uh, mm. through the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so now the other thing that, that Dallas did say, um, when I was sitting in his room in his house with see, a few other see, disciples, there it is. I knew it was coming. <laughs> was uh, I was with some? I was with some for this was like over twenty years ago, and I had some colleagues with me who were pretty discouraged. We were all pretty discouraged as young pastors, and he picked up on that, and he said, "I get the sense that that some of you are thinking of leaving pastoral ministry, you know, in the Adventist Church." And and of course, some of us said, "We are." And then he said these words that actually clarified it for me as a pastor. And he said, just remember. Now, remember, he has a Baptist background, if I remember correctly, um, and taught philosophy at USC for like 40 plus years. And he said, just remember that Jesus needs disciples in the Adventist church too. And that mm -hmm. was the game changer for me. Like, of course, I got distracted on all these other things but I've been called to make disciples in the context of the church that I live in. And so from that point on, it was like, how do I become a disciple? How do I grow a disciple? How do I make disciples? And, and so for me, really, uh, you know, Jesus, the whole passage of Matthew 11 of being in the yoke with Jesus is, is a discipleship passage. I mean, we usually use that passage for like, I need rest and I'm burned out. And there is rest involved in that, but it's a, it's a discipleship passage because Jesus specifically says, learn from me. And so he's inviting us into the yoke of discipleship with him. And when we do that, we're learning from him how to work, live, rest, play, all of that with Jesus. Uh, and so, uh, and so I, I became to realize that I can teach about discipleship for the rest of my life, and it may not make a whole lot of difference. But if I invite people to follow Jesus with me and live in the rhythms of Jesus together, then they're going to learn from Jesus while I'm learning from Jesus at the same time. And so it's very experiential and then does become, you know, a way of life, you know, versus a category in my life. So I've been rambling a bit, so I should probably stop. No, no, no. I, and I think, I think all of it was good, but I'm going to focus on one of the, the first things you said, um, which was that we can learn about Jesus, but um, discipleship is learning from Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that's, that that's the thing that I that's the reason why I hired you. Um, I think I, I think that's the thing that that made me go. Oh yeah, okay. This is not someone who's um, who's confused about what this is. This is someone who's very mm -hmm. clear on what it means to abide with Jesus, right? To be mm -hmm. to be with Jesus and um, <clears throat> and have the opportunity to lead people in in that same way. Um, which you've been doing for a lot of years. Um, mm -hmm. This is not. This is not. This is not your first rodeo, as they say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. John, you know, I'd be, I'd be curious in your experience. Um, I mean, I certainly felt this uh, as a, as a university chaplain. But I feel like, especially for those that grow up in a denominational system, because I don't, I don't think it's just mm -hmm. Adventism, um, but that discipleship is assumed. 
Um, mm-hmm. The spiritual practices and spiritual discipline get kind of like, yeah, you grew up in the system. You know how to pray. Yeah. You know how to read your Bible. You know how to. And so we don't give the time and attention to it. And since we're in the uncomfortable series, it's also uncomfortable. Mm-hmm at times like the, the, mm-hmm. there are practices and you know discipline that's set up to you know grow us but it's they don't come naturally to us right right um and so uh anyway that that's just something that i've i i've seen and so we don't talk about it as much as we should yeah yeah well and i think yes i agree with that 100 percent. and i think there are many people who can talk about it but don't do it so there are a lot of people yeah. in Christian leadership and in Adventist leadership who could talk a lot about it, research it, but to actually do the push-ups is a different thing. You know, yeah. I had, I mean, being from Portland, there's a, a good friend of mine who unfortunately not isn't alive anymore, um, but he was an incredible musician. And Tim Ellis, mm. I don't know if you ever knew Tim yeah. Ellis. No, um, Tim was yeah. amazing, man. Oh, yeah. man. That guy, yeah. you know, unfortunately he died from cancer, um, but I was doing a uh, uh, I was doing a gig with him down here in Southern California, and of course I was playing rhythm. He was playing lead. That guy just you know, and I was just backing him up with a group. And on the way to the gig, I said, "Tim, is there a chord progression you have never heard?" And he says, "Nope." I go, "So you've heard every possible chord progression?" He goes, "Pretty much." And I said, "So you're never surprised? Like we could be performing, never even rehearsed, and you have a solo over section. You know what's coming?" He goes, "Yeah." And I said, how did you, how did you do that? And he goes, well, John, there are those who know music theory, but have never done their pushups. And he says, Mm -hmm. you got to, you got to work the scales. You got to work the arpeggios. You got to work over the changes. You got to do all of that. Once you do that, your ears get so much bigger than the theory of it, that you hear things that people who just know the theory don't hear, but they, they know theoretically. And I think it's the same thing in the spiritual life. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like we can learn all the things and research them out. But when you actually get into the practices and actually doing them, there's a whole nother wisdom and experience that comes by being with Jesus that you begin to hear things different. You know, you begin to see the things that aren't seen. You begin to do all those things because you've just been, been with Jesus, you know, regularly. And so the neurons are firing a different way. The brain's being rewired in a different way, literally. Um, and it all changes. And so there's a, there's a lot, especially when it comes to spiritual practices, there's a lot of talk about it. But the actual doing is another thing. Yeah. So it almost sounds like <clears throat> um, the word Christianity has been um, softened, denigrated, um, devalued by the ways that those who are Christians live <laughs> and mm. behave. So that now discipleship has to be said, because mm, mm. everything you're saying is sounds to me like what what should there be Christianity that doesn't have that? Um, so are they in truth Christianity is best form synonymous somehow, or what would you say about that? Well, yeah, to, for me, uh, you can't have Christianity without discipleship. Um. I mean, the whole reason, if we go back and think about why God created us, you look at why did the scriptures, why did he reveal himself as he did in the scriptures was all about being together, right? Was God being with us? And, and so the purpose of Christianity is to be with God and, and, and specifically through 
through Jesus and, and the presence of the Holy Spirit. So the disciplines give us the attention of Jesus, to be with Jesus. So that's the point, you know, and, and I think when we find out that, so the disciplines, for instance, if I were to say, okay, yeah, go spend eight hours alone with God for somebody who's never practiced solitude, it'd be like, oh my goodness, this is impossible. But if I, but if I say, hey, let's just take the next five minutes in silence, you know, and just, I, instead of the word meditate, being Italian, I like to use the word marinate. So let's marinate in this gospel <laughs> passage, you know, let's just marinate in this and, and then let's talk about what we're hearing, you know, what we're feeling. Well, that's doable. You know, and it's amazing what people can experience in five minutes of just being still with scripture. Um, that could last them a week, maybe, yeah. you know, from the, from the uh, overflow of that. And so I think that's where we also find this easy yoke that Jesus talks about. That as we get to experience him more intimately and more personally, we realize this thing is really all by grace, you know? Well, and, and don't we, John, do, do, don't we kind of, you think people more and more uh, are, expecting the pastor, the church experience to discipleship for them. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like instead of me having to do it myself, I'm going to come, I'm going to, I'm going to sing some songs. I'm going to have, somebody's going to pray for me. Someone else is going to lead in all that. And I'm good. Like, like it's not, it's not up to me. I don't have to, you know, do more than that. And so we've kind of depended on, you know, others to do our discipling instead of being more actively engaged in it. Yeah, I think I think definitely to some degree. I mean, um, you know, we're all being shaped and formed all the time. And I think we can all pretty easily agree that we're all being shaped and formed by whatever culture we're living in, mm. right? Um, yep. And it, us being in a Western culture and a consumeristic culture, right? <laughs> yep. um, and an instant culture, uh, that's, yep. a, that's a real tough thing. You know, I want to be transformed now. I want to be changing right. now. Um, yeah. And that's a, it's a process uh, yeah. that, you know, we slowly become more like Jesus. Um, but I think that, and that's something I, I've shared, you know, with congregations that I've pastored, because they often see the pastor as the discipler, whatever that, that mm-hmm. means. Mm-hmm. But I would also share with them that while God is working through me, hopefully, to grow you as a disciple uh, of him, He's also using you as a congregation as a means to disciple me to himself. And so mm-hmm. that's the thing I love about Jesus is that everything is a means for discipleship, mm-hmm. you know, if we allow it to be. That's why I think we see Jesus in the Gospels. Every, every moment was a teachable moment, yeah. you know, for Jesus. And so, so, yeah, understanding, I think, that, you know, the word disciple uh, is very much tied to the word discipline. You know, not in being punished, but in practices, you know, just like I like it when some people say, man, I wish I could play basketball like, you know, whoever, you know, LeBron James. And you're like, no, you don't. Well, what do you mean yeah. I don't? Well, do you really want to put in the hours that he's put in and the discipline? And do you really want to eat only the things that he eats? Do you want to sleep as much as he does? Do you want to do it? No, I don't want to do that. Then you don't want to play like LeBron James, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Thank you. <clears throat> sorry sorry about that thank you john for I choked um, up there too. <laughs> yeah I got, if so much i just um <laughs> swallowed a hairball um th- no uh thank you for thank you for opening that up and um we're going to invite you to just stay on as we could talk about this next week's um topic 
the one that we've, you know, our congregations will have pretty much all heard um, at this point, but we kind of, oh, we kind of talk about it this week. We're talking about um, uncomfortable um, diversity and except Dave, I don't think Dave is speaking about that at his campus. He's going to take on uncomfortable. You're taking on uncomfortable worship because you did. We had a break because of your anniversary, correct? Yep. 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 So, but you still have thoughts on uncomfortable diversity? Oh my, certainly so. Certainly so. (laughs) I I am entertained by the by the idea of um, of accents. Mm. Because <laughs> when we hear more. when we hear when we hear someone and we say, "Oh, they have a fill in the blank accent," right? Mm-hmm. Um, as when I I drove down, I drove down New Year's uh, New Year's Day of 2017. I drove down from Berrien Springs to Chattanooga, and driving along the way, you I could I could map for you what state I was in just by going into a gas station and listening to somebody greet me at the cash register, mm-hmm. right? Because they have an accent, right? And it's so easy for us to think about <clears throat> everyone else being a bit weird. Uh, but <laughs> if anyone has an accent, then I have an accent, right? Right. <laughs> um, if if you are different, that's because I'm different, right? And so it's an interesting um, it's an interesting palette, an interesting playing field that we're on in this world, <clears throat> where we can think uh, that the goal can, is to find my tribe by sameness, um, because it can be uncomfortable when you. Um, go to a place that has different accents or different foods or different language or a different style of doing things or a different way of worshiping. <clears throat> there can be a lot of discomfort that comes from that. But like we've been saying, discomfort and growth can often be found in the same place. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to just call something out before we before we comment on what Dave just said. I love the way that Dave starts things right i like the way he starts discussions i like the way he starts he's gonna tell me a story this happens all the time dave goes you know i love uncomfortable conversations because it's an opportunity to like he always starts stuff that way like there's nothing that phases him and but I want him someday to go, I hate that. I hate that. Never. He's like, yeah, I'm going to get fired. And this is what I like about getting fired. Because it's my opportunity to zip it a doobie doo Like, I, man, I wish I had that kind of attitude. It's so good. Did you well, just right scat? now, yeah, you did. I just yeah. did kind of. Yeah. Sometimes you got to scat. Sometimes awkwardly, but yes. No, right Listen. now I am I'm angered by not being able to fire off some balloons. But anyway, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. No, I, Dave, I'm I'm with you. I the first time I was in Australia, and they were like, "I love your accent." You're like, "Oh, that's right. I'm the weird one here, not you." Yep. Right, and so to I think to acknowledge that, first of all, should level a playing field a little bit. Right. Um, I, I don't think we can talk about diversity without, first of all, talking about Genesis one twenty six 
27 and 28, right? Where God says, let us make man in our own image, let us in, in our own image, in our own likeness, let us make man, which is interesting that it is also the first sin is, um, you know, Satan lying about God not wanting us to understand to be like him, right? Mm. Um, that's fascinating wordplay that we find in Genesis. But, but I think, you know, the, the problem we have when we talk about diversity is that um, some of it's not real, because in Genesis, God said, let us make man, humankind, in our image, right? And so the premise is not different. The premise from the beginning is actually, no, nah. what I'm creating you so that when you look at the other people, you'll see me. And that, there's a ubiquity to that, right? That's, that's across the board. Yeah. And so the divisions that we've put in are constructs. They are not God breathed. Yeah, in, and there's a in difference. any way, shape, or oh, form. Oh, sorry. They, they, I was just going to finish my sentence, but it's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> I apologize. I'm Irish, so I'm always going <laughs> to jump in and say something. Um, no, I think that uh, there's a difference. You remember when, like, it seemed like the quote unquote thing to say you're colorblind, um, you know, to say, I just see everybody's all the same. You know, and and yet what that did is, even though in a lot of cases that was well-intentioned or well-meaning by someone, is it robbed somebody of their uniqueness, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that we can celebrate our uniqueness and our differences while at the same time recognizing that that the race um, that we're a part of, uh, the big umbrella is the human race. We're all a part of the human race. Um, right. And we can, we can celebrate differences, uniquenesses, cultures, um, and that, but we can also recognize that we all are children of God, that we all are created in his image. Um, and that has a way of unifying, um, and certainly celebrating. And I might add, this came up in my connect groups conversation about uncomfortable people. Um, right. Because there are times when I've been in conversations with uncomfortable people that in the back of my mind, I kind of try to go through that. All right, let me remember this person is created in the image of God, that I am speaking to someone who reflects the divine. Um, and, and that has a way of reframing that that experience uh, between me and them in that moment. So anyway, several things I threw out in there. I like go. it. I concur. <laughs> you know, interesting, Tim, you, you make mention of God making mankind in his image. You probably couldn't get two more different human beings in the same room than to simply say you have a man and a woman in the room, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so it is kind of interesting that God would say, you know what, to make our image is going to require a level of diversity that can sometimes be uncomfortable. Hmm. Um, what can't be done right. with just one of us as the epitome of God. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think it, that's perfect, Dave. In the, in the actual original creation, there was diversity. Yep. Couldn't be summed up with just, with just one reflection. And, and in that same vein, I think it's important to say, too, is that it takes both to reflect the image of God. Right. Right? I, you, I you, love... You can, yeah. Uh, Patty, finish. I just cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, no. No. That was it. I, I love that in the telling of the Genesis story, God seems to want Adam to realize he's not enough. 
to right. be in the image of God, right? That yeah. know, he's he's looking around and everything about creation calls out that something's missing. Mm. Something something is not right. And in fact, it is the only thing. Think about this. As we kind of can construct a world, I, I think about how people will say, I can't, I'm not coming back to this church because somebody said something about this subject or this was done over here. And you keep doing that, thinking you're going to find your people. And next thing you know, you're all alone. And there is only one thing God said was not good pre-sin in scripture. And that is that we would be alone. We're not enough um, for God's image of mankind, his own image. John, I can't hear you anymore. Oh. All right, I'm going to talk while he's working that out. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure he'll figure it out. Um, So you would think that that would create a generosity of spirit within us. Right. Right. This this acknowledgement that, hey, humility, um, even, even, you know, the word humility (laughs) um, comes from the word soil, right? Uh, Which also comes the idea of humanity like there would be this sense of like hey we we're not gonna i'm not god's you know i'm god's creation but maybe not god's gift so i'm probably going to need some other gifts around me to make this thing actually happen without that i think there is a um you know there's a there's a an element of um what's the word i'm looking for there's this idea that i'm owed something but I think that as, as humans in the midst of diversity, we need to understand like the humility in which we're supposed to, to live. Um, and I don't know that, I don't know that um, we live in that humility. And that's one of the reasons why, why things that diverge from us become very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. John, are you back? Nope. Not yet. Keep well, working. and I think, yeah, I, I was going to say, I think too, like it's, it's maybe it's our fallen nature to want to separate ourselves to make us more special than the person next to us. Um, you know, and, and you see that throughout scripture, you see the Israelites like removing themselves from the people around them because they're the children of God. Um, and so you come to the, the, this idea of, um, of when Jesus comes and Jesus starts recognizing people outside of the Jewish circle and people are upset because wait, 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 that's not, you know, they're not the chosen. Um, you know, so, so that problem or that idea that we've all been seeking, like what makes us more special than the person next to us. Um, I think you can trace that all throughout history. Um, and, and all it does is to seek to divide us more than, than what Jesus actually did when he, you know, uh, uh, had, um, reached out to women, to Gentiles, to, um, you know, the people that were on the fringe, uh, you, you know, and sets the example for us that, you know, like all are precious in his sight, all are valuable, um, and all are special, um, you know, and, and that was, a, that's a concept that we buck time and time again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. We're all a little distracted because we're watching we're watching John waiting to see if he's going to show back up into the conversation. Um but Patty, erudite and brilliant as always. I so appreciate your comment. Um 
don't really. You just have that word tears. erudite ready to go. I feel like you know. Yeah, it's like I mean, I'm not really sure what Patty just <laughs> yeah. said, but I'm just gonna say fabulous, fantastic. All right, was, all right. So I'll springboard off of something Patty said. Um, you guys, surely you've read the book by John Ortberg. Um, who is this man? In which That's such a such a large assumption. Surely, uh, surely. That's really great of you. Certainly. Uh, <laughs> um, of course we have. So, fantastically, he points out that with every category of human being, Jesus elevated um, systematically so that, um, and, and it is an interesting thing, when God would come to this earth, when Jesus would come to this earth, that he would have a special eye toward the categories that were seen as less than. Mm-hmm. And it makes me wonder if that yep. isn't actually um, a a great identifier for his body. You can know mm-hmm. whether it's his body or not based on whether when they enter a community, when they walk through a room, they have a special eye for those who might be prone to somehow be seen as less than. Mm-hmm. Women, children, foreigners, yeah. slaves, yeah. on and on it goes. The abuser. Yeah, the and, and the the length to which Jesus went to show that when he crosses the raging sea to heal a Gentile with demons, when he goes right. to Samaria to talk to the woman at the well, um, you know, these were breaking the, down those culture barriers. And you could in each of those scenarios, um, you could say you could hear Jesus say, and this is the kingdom of God. Right. This is what right. it's like. Is it working? Yeah, John, yes. you're on. <laughs> John. Yes. Sorry for that huge distraction. Welcome. <laughs> uh, a little technical. So I I fully believe everything you guys have been talking about has probably been amazing, and I haven't heard a word of it. Uh, <laughs> so I almost hesitate to ask what I was going to ask, because it might you might have talked about it already. Um, but you said something, Patty, uh, it took... It takes two when you're talking about you know Adam and Eve in the garden. It takes two. Uh, I forget how you said it, but it takes two to to have the image of God or something like that, right? Yeah. And yeah. so I guess so. My question I was thinking is like, well, what is the image of God? Mm-hmm. You know, what what is the image of God when He created us in His image? What is that image? Because um, I think this gets back again to I'm sorry, I'm a discipleship pastor, so everything comes back to discipleship. <laughs> uh, and I, and my understanding is that when he created us in his image, it was in his image to govern and to, to rule. And because when you look at the context there, right, it was, and you shall govern, you know, the, the whole earth. And so really comes to also what I think I just heard you, if I understood you, uh, Dave, correctly too, is depending on how we, how we love and care for the most marginalized, you know, that really shows how well we're governing as a church and as as Christians. And if and I, I was just telling this to my wife because um, I'm doing some research in a certain area, um, and I I said to my wife, I said, if we re- really want to see how well we are loving, how well we are loving, like Jesus loves, we need the church has to look at how it's ministering and connecting with the most marginalized group of people. Then we'll find out mm. how we're doing. Because mm. it's easy to love those that we're like, 
right? That were mm-hmm. similar to uh, less diversity, et cetera, et cetera. But um, and then it, so therefore it shows us when as we follow Jesus, He's teaching us how to reign well, how to be responsible well, how to how to live righteously, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in different ways of being of bringing restoration and reconciliation and, and justice and all those different things. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you guys talked about all that, but anyways, that was my thought. You know, yeah, man, we talking. did. We we said exactly yeah. that essentially. Okay, all right, so. that's what I thought. Good, Thanks. good I mean, summary. <laughs> yeah, it was good to repeat that. No, you know, I think what's interesting is um, if you look biblically at um, at the diversity we see in Scripture, we have to make a few assumptions. One of the assumptions is that um, we're not in it, right? And I, I, there's four squares here in front of me on this piece of software that we're using, and um, we're all old white guys. I'm gonna <laughs> say it that way, and not old, but oldish, getting there. Um, doesn't seem like a whole lot of diversity. I would actually argue that there's quite a bit of diversity within here, but when we look at the biblical account, none of us are in it. Hmm. None of our people groups, none of our we get there in the history of the Christian church, but we are not we are not major players in that particular narrative, you know. You you can kind of find four different people groups, none of which are us. Hmm. Right? We've actually been grafted on that tree. So, so the diversity conversation biblically is really a conversation that's not about which groups got in. It's about the fact that in the Old Testament, the gospel of the Old Testament, if you will, was for everyone. Israel was to be a blessing to the nations, right? It was universal. And then in the New Testament, we see it again and again and again. And we use certain people groups, whether it's the Cushites or the Midianites or, or the, the, you know, um, the Egyptians, um, the Ethiopians, which is in modern-day Ethiopia. There's, there's all these different people groups that are let in. And I, as I was preparing for the sermon, did a lot of research on those people groups. But at the end of the day, it was like, no, it, it's less about, hey, there were Midianites that God used in Scripture. Or there were Cushites right? It's much less about that and much more about God can use any group and will use any group because they're all gods anyway, right? So it really, be, it, the idea of diversity um, biblically is maybe the same sort of idea that we should take into the the world that we live in today, which is Hey, y'all come in some respects. This invitation is for everyone. And this invitation is for everyone. This is one of the things I love about Crosswalk, just for the record. Like, there's a pretty significant amount of diversity throughout not only the global network, but like in Redlands, is a super diverse congregation that doesn't, that holds up a really strong Jesus flag that is the organizing principle. And I think I've talked about this before. And, you know, there's different demographics in different parts of the country. But by and large, you can find a lot of people finding their identity in Christ through Crosswalk, first and foremost. And those other identities, still important. I don't want to diminish any any cultural or ethnic diversities. Uh, you know, I don't want to diminish any of that. But not even putting it aside, along with and probably the priority of Jesus in our lives. And that becomes the conversation, and that becomes the bond that binds us together. Hmm. I think I don't know. Yeah, Does that what, make sense? What, yeah, it's 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 the things that transcend. And again, I I think affirming our our unique um, 
backgrounds and stories so important, but there are also things that transcend. You can even look at it. You know, we've talked about this before where, uh, you know, people say, oh, Crosswalk is a young adult church um, because the assumption that the worship style is just going to attract the young adults. And I always say, well, why don't you come on a, a Saturday and see who's there? Because there are people there where, and the, the way I say it is that the contemporary worship language is clearly not their first their first language when it comes to worship, um, you know, but what they're drawn to is what transcends that, which is a mission and a focus that is so um, fixated on Jesus and this call to love that, that that's what they're really called to. Um, and so they're more than excited to gather and come together and rally around that um, call, even if, you know, the, the worship style isn't their first language. Um, you know, and I think that that's part of what speaks to what you're saying, Tim, the different cultures and ethnicities and people that are represented is that there is a there is a call that transcends um, some of those uniquenesses. And our job is to continue that journey, but to, you know, also find ways to celebrate our stories. I I want to be clear on something, though. Um, and you weren't saying this, so I'm not, I'm not pushing back on what you're saying. I was just, I was thinking as I was processing through, I also want to recognize that, you know, someone's history, someone's, um, ethnicity, someone's culture that they come from does change the way they see this thing we talk about as church mm-hmm. or as Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I think one of the ways that diversity can happen really well is when we become really good listeners to other people's narratives and stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> John, go ahead. Sorry. I, I'm just I happy I can hear you. Chime in or not. <laughs> um, I'll just say, Tim, I just want to piggyback on, on something you said as, as far as crosswalk. And I know we're not here just to like toot our own horn, you know. However, I want to be real. And that is that, you know, in my previous assignment serving in the conference office, I got the opportunity to be in many different churches on a given Sabbath uh, from various ethnic churches to what what this conference would call multi-ethnic churches. You know, there's only one really Caucasian church in Southeastern California conference. It's the Romanian church. <laughs> you know, the rest oh, are all really pretty much multi-ethnic. Um, but I would say, I mean, one of the things about Crosswalk that is very unique, and I think it's because it's under the banner of of Christ, is nowhere else have I witnessed such diversity in worship, mm. uh, ethnically and generationally. I mean, the fact that you have young and older, let's say, in the same room worshiping and the multi-ethnicity is, it's, it's not a normal thing out there. You know, this is, the, so, so I, it's testimony to, to um, Christ being the head and, and really being what we're all about in the worship and how we go about doing what we're doing that testifies to the fruit of that. Mm-hmm. Thanks for that. You know, in this place and time, uh, we tend to hear a lot of uh, commentary and then see finger pointing around differences. And often there is a vilification or a dehumanization that goes right along with that. And sometimes it feels like Christianity has gotten to a place of at least, well, I mean, surely there is one of you that could be in God's kingdom too. Um, <laughs> but as you, as you trace God's conversation about 
who he is and his image by the time you go from Genesis where in the he, he doesn't start with one except to plead for a second, right? It's Adam and Eve. He starts with two to be in his image. By the time you get to Paul in the old in the New Testament, he's he's making the claim you keep adding people is fine, but they're still all being knit into one thing. Not mm-hmm. great not just great neighbors. Um uh, those who are perfectly happy for those folks to have a church too, <laughs> right? Mm. But a body where the uniqueness knit together doesn't require you not to be, in the metaphor, uh, a knee or a spleen. That's actually what brings value to the body in its being knit together. Mm. I sometimes think, it w- you know, there's no reason to, to, to believe there'd be evidence for this, but to think it would be just like Jesus as he organizes the streets of heaven and where he's working out a place for me, that he would, that he would have our closest neighbors be the people we like the least. <laughs> Which is, right. of course, not a problem. So does that mean we're going to be... You like people. Gonna, you, that I, means I, you I, and Tim, I think we know... <laughs> we're, we're gonna I be. I was gonna say that. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That was like yeah. He said that up. But um, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I. Yeah, Dave. I. Th- I think. I. I mean, I have this tendency to think Jesus has a bit of a sense of humor, anyway. Um, so I could <laughs> yeah. see the sarcasm, the irony in that, for sure. Um, but but I like what you said, right? The Paul Paul recognized, you know, every kindred nation tongue um, is becoming a thing. Mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. there's it's becoming something that is that is overseen and overwhelming and why why shouldn't we be doing that here mm-hmm. yeah but hey, but we have to oh. we there has to be <clears throat> sorry there has to be some humility um in which you walk into that room to be able to make that happen right and a lack of defensiveness across the board and that's that's hard man that's hard in today's world because it's not really modeled anywhere for us right. anymore. Yeah, the model is mostly third grade, right? Yeah. Well, well, right. but he, well, but 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 she did. She, she touched me first. He took took my thing, right? Yeah, yeah. You said it earlier. I I don't know if it was uh, Dave or Tim, but it's it's was learning it smart, to listen. It was me. <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's learning to listen first, right? And and we've just lost the art of listening. We've lost the art of being, you know, um, of being interested in other people's stories. It's it's a lot easier just to look at you and and see what you post and and label you and decide then if I if you're worth my investment, worth my time, worth my emotional capacity. And so we don't we don't listen to each other anymore. Mm. Um, and, and we, so there's so many beautiful, amazing, interesting stories out there. If we were willing to take the time and, and Dave, to what you're speaking to before, it's because like now the, the new humanity created, uh, with the resurrection of Jesus and, um, and the birth of the early church and the, the gift of the Holy spirit is, is now that we're in Christ, right? The, the family of God is in Christ. That's, that's the, the bond that unites us. And, and I always love, I, I know we come from a faith tradition that when we get into revelation, we focus on numbers and, and, you know, we focus on 144,000 and all these kinds of things, but the, 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 the crowd from every tribe, nation, language, tongue 
Um, it's interesting to me that, you know, you have these numbers of 144,000, you have numbers of millions of angels, but when it comes to that vast crowd, the crowd itself can't be counted. So we can count how many angels there are, which are millions, but we can't count the vast crowd, which um, I think is the diversity of the family of God in Christ um, that is come together. Uh, and, and that kingdom of God that we long for and look forward to is something that Jesus wanted us to start here and now. Yeah, it feels like we could bring this all the way around that the defining characteristic isn't whether you've got hair or not, <laughs> isn't your gender, your race, your background, how you've failed. The defining characteristic of Christ's body is that they are followers, disciples of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. That's the one. Um, and I think that's a good place to stop. We've been going for about 40 Eight minutes now, so good long one. John, thanks for joining us. Patty, Patty hey, thanks for having me on. Always a pr- pleasure. Wow, I can't even say that. Well, Patty, always a pleasure. <laughs> um, but I appreciate a, the alliteration. Alliterative. So, hey, no, yeah. no problem. Dave, thanks for bringing the cup. Um, we always enjoy watching you drink. Um, <laughs> it's getting weird. It's getting yeah. weird. So, Fire off the balloons. Let's close this that's thing. That's right. I think it's time to go. Hey, everybody, thanks for listening. This is a Lovewell Creative as well as a Crosswalk Partnership bringing you the Sacred Echo Podcast. If you want to hear more and you want to give and help support this particular part of the ministry, go to www.crosswalkvillage.com slash give and just go into Redlands and check online because it goes into that pot that helps us continue with all these different online things. And uh, beyond that, thank you so much. Have a great day. And of course love well. Thank you so much for joining us on the Sacred Echo podcast. This has been brought to you by Lovewell Creative in partnership with Crosswalk Church. If you would like to give for more digital content, please go to www.crosswalkvillage.com give and click on the online option under fund. Thank you so much for giving. Thank you so much for supporting. And thank you so much for being part of what God is doing through Crosswalk Church and Lovewell Creative.